0: It must be Friday afternoon. (laughs) Here we are. Here we are. It is time for another kick-ass career conversation with Louise, which I think is this way, and me, Kim. (laughs) I'm so confused. I'm going to stop trying to point. And Jean.
1: (laughs) Jean is here. Yay. We're so happy to be
2: here. Absolutely.
1: I'm excited to be here, too.
2: (laughs) Yay.
0: So we are going to start this week, like we start every week, by talking about something that we're celebrating. Jean Louise, do, you, do, you, do either of you have something you're celebrating right now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I just, there are four days in July that I look forward to every single year. Uh, the Folk Fest, the Winnipeg Folk Fest is near and dear to my heart. I've been going for uh decades uh and uh it just happened uh a whirlwind of four days in a field with I uh, <laughs> i get to get my hippie on a little bit um but just uh so much fun uh and i always feel so um it's like my hope in humanity is restored always after the festival um, because it's just i wish we had more of that Uh, in our everyday lives where uh, the, the kindness, the generosity that we're all brought together for a common purpose. It just feels so amazing. I always come out of that with this little like folk fest glow uh, that I get to hang on to as long as possible and pull that into hopefully at least the rest of my summer. Um, but yeah, I'm just celebrating that. Just like people, people can be really amazing. Um, and, and I saw a bunch of people at their best this last weekend. So, um, I'm celebrating that. That is definitely worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Jean, how about you? What are you celebrating?
1: Oh, so many good things going on. But you know, I'm going to just rip off what you said because summer is such a unique space and time. And usually I only see my kids kind of at Christmas and we got a half year like check-in with my kids. So I was just in San Francisco visiting with our eldest and just before that in Omaha, Nebraska, seeing my son and then my daughter um, came and stayed here with us. So it was just, you know, I that is just such a beautiful celebration of, you know, our kids are such magical beings <laughs> and yeah. every so often we get to intersect with them. <laughs>
2: Even when they're in the same house, we just every so often get to intersect with them. <laughs> hey, my 13-year-old my would be really happy if I did some more intersecting with her.
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, you know, when you choose not to go to summer camp and you and you try and find your own joy in the summer when you're 13, sometimes it can be boring. So uh, I do try and, and make space and time um, in every day uh, just to kind of chillax with her and Sometimes it's it's in the pool. Sometimes it's playing board games. Sometimes it's just just talking, just hanging out. So, nice. um, yeah, I think so. Can listening to the two of you, I, humanity is fabulous. People are wonderful. Um, kids are wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I want to add something to that in terms of what my celebration is, and yet at the same time, like no. I feel like my celebration is really internal right now, is I am really excited about um, just a whole lot of internal shifts that are, is going on just energetically. There's no nothing dramatic or anything like that, but just little micro shifts that have just created a lot of joy in my heart. Um, I'm I'm preparing for some major shifts to happen externally, um, and so I think internally I'm just celebrating the fact that I feel really grounded right now, and it feels really good. Nice. And yes, people are awesome. I love humanity. I love my kiddo. Love my husband, and love myself.
2: So nice.
0: So Jean, should we tell people about you so that they know what a wonderful, amazing human we have in you sitting here with that? I think that feels like the right I'll, next thing. we we'll bring it, sure. Okay. <laughs> so Jean is a business game expert. Who knew there was such a thing, first of all, but she is. She uses games, decks, and accountability to increase your revenue and impact. Creatives, coaches, and consultants hire her to create games that have people lean in, increase engagement, referrals, and results. The truth is most creative business owners who use personal development strategies to support their clients struggle to focus and articulate what they do, be seen as unique, and grow their businesses. But Jean is a brilliant business strategist who helps her creative clientele create personal board games, uh, excuse me, game boards of success. When they play their game, abundance happens.
2: Nice.
0: Right? How fun is that? Like, what do you do for a living? I make games for really cool people.
1: That would wrap it up.
2: So not your typical uh, profession you would pick off the career board uh, as we all exit high school. So I'm really curious, Jane, like tell tell us all a little bit about how you got to this very uh, it seems like very uh, plugged in and engaged um, business that you've built. How did you how did you get here? What's your career been like?
1: You know, as as a lot of people in business, I took a long circular kind of roller coaster path, started in corporate America. Right. Did, I actually started as an accountant. So I have to say, you know, just have to put that out there. Started there. <laughs> Had a crisis, said this is not fun. Right. We are not having fun <laughs> and went to art school. And so it was this place of saying, oh, what, how is this rolling? And and eventually you met a woman who. Um, was teaching coaching through intuition. And I was like, that was something so novel. I had never heard of anything like that. And uh, I went to her program in Kauai, and it was so mind-blowing for me at the time. And everyone who was there really had these huge breakthroughs. For the first time, they were really seeing what was true for them. Like they were hearing their heart. They were seeing their next actions, they were really understanding what was next. And I was so excited. And about a year later, I went back and saw a whole bunch of those same people again. And what happened? Like, I'm like, uh, clearly the world has changed, right? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And I was so disillusioned. I'm like, oh my God. How could this be? How could they be so clear in this moment, in this like retreat setting, and then get home and be like, nope, nope, not doing anything on that. Mm -hmm. And so I invented a game to solve that problem. Because what I saw is that people didn't really trust themselves. How do you incrementally move people along? Well, you move people along in a practice like that's they they just get better at it over time. That's not something you just switch the switch on and say, "Okay, I'm good at this now. You turn the switch on. And so I think, you know, I've always been a game maker. But in that moment, I'm like, no, we need something to actually engage people in a new way. And I brought that game then to a whole bunch of people and played and played and played and played. And are like, oh my God, this is it. How do you open up your intuition, trust it enough so you can get an action so when the big stuff shows up, you can do it. And still kind of a circular path on that, but I finally got to the point where I actually produced that game into a, bo- a box where people could buy it. <laughs> um, and what happened at that moment is it launched my business. I enrolled 40 people into a program that said, let's go play this game, let's go own this. And like I was set in my new little world, right? I'm like, woo, I'm I'm a game inventor and I'm gonna do cool things. And what happened was all these coaches came to me and said, I want what you have. (laughs) I'm like, oh, oh, well, I've got ideas. So how about if we just make you some games? And that's really kind of the abbreviated journey of how this all rolled out. How did we land here of saying, I make games for people? Just playing, playing here and there, and then eventually coming back to the point of saying, oh, we each have a unique gift to give, and how can we play with that?
0: Love that. So you had created your own little business, right? You had this program that, that people would come and play your game. Right. And then that wasn't like the universe had different ideas and said, no, other people want to create their game, their own games for themselves. that they, they didn't even know they wanted to do that. And you said, this is actually, you can do this for yourself. Like the, I can help you create this for yourself. So you too can use this as a tool. Right. So are you still running your own programs or is, are you like just really helping?
1: So, out? so, yes. And so, you know, eventually I got to the point where I put my game up on Amazon and I was doing all of that at the same time doing this. And so it, it's kind of one of those ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm really in my own game, you know, in that business. And sometimes I'm in game making business. And so I have both hats that I wear. And, um, and some people come to me and they're, especially if they're just starting out in business, they have a lot of skills that they need and want to hone and in your coaches, like, you know, <laughs> like there's a lot of things that happen that happen when you're just starting. And the head game is an incremental process that, you know, this, the, the angels, peacocks and butterfly game that I invented is for that it's for honing your skills and your habits. For people who are stepping into their business and then they're like, okay, next level, I've I've got an established business going here now. Now let's make it more fun, more engaging, and let's up level. Oh, well, that's a great place to put a game in.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I love that you allowed your intuition to kind of guide you, right? From accountant to art
2: school. That's a huge pivot. Like, I don't hear of many uh, accountant art school graduates. Um, (laughs) What was that like? Can you remember what that was like when you were like, oh, yeah, this accounting thing? Not for me.
1: You know, it was really interesting because, you know, those kind of breaks of what is the big thing that happened? Actually, what happened is I met a woman who was going through her second round of breast cancer. And she, um, we became fast friends and she said, you know, I'm going to continue doing my treatment, but clearly it didn't work the first time. So let's go find out who heals and why. And so we end up actually on this kind of parallel track of, of, of healing modalities where, you know, we went to China, I went to Hawaii, you know, we met in the Sedona desert, you know, like we, we did all this kind of weird and crazy stuff to find out who heals. And and in that healing journey, that allowed me to open up my creative space, which was, you know, someone, someone suggested once that there's three ways you connect to God. And I thought, well, that's fascinating. Tell me more. <laughs> right. And one of them is through other people, is through connections, is through collaboration. One of them is through knowledge and gain and, and, um, you know, really deep knowledge and, and almost, you know, like, as a quest. And then the third one is through creative pursuits, what they actually even considered like science and, and, and math as as high arts. And you know, when the person asked, I'm like, well, I'm, I love people, I'll talk to people. And I'm, I'm really kind of, you know, I love knowledge and see my library, like all these books. And, and then I'm like, I'm kind of creative, you know, and that was, I had no idea. I really, in that moment had no idea which one it was for me, what was my real calling. And literally this happened. I was in my front room playing with my kids and it was a very cloudy day. We had these big windows in the front room and the clouds parted. A sunbeam came in and it illuminated a little table that I had built and painted. And I looked up in that moment and saw it, I'm like, oh, (laughs) I am missing something here. I am missing my God connection, which is my creative heart. Mm -hmm. And it was that moment that I'm like, oh, I need to do something about this. And that's how I ended up in art school. So I actually went to art school for furniture design, which was fascinating. (laughs)
0: Well, and I love you shared that story with me before also, because even while you were in art school for fashion or for furniture design, like even then things were shifting for you. Do You want to share that part of your story, too. Oh,
1: gosh, you know, there, there's just so much in our hearts that are shifting. And after my friend um actually eventually did um die from breast cancer although it was an amazing journey like everyone agreed she had gotten an extra couple years (laughs) um but then i opened a wellness center which was you know like yes we need to do that too you know how do we serve humanity how do you find that and then at the same time going on this kind of intuition journey and, and doing that piece and um I'm I'm kind of like being overwhelmed in the moment saying, Kim, what were you getting at?
0: <laughs> well, I just, I remember that you had shared with me that it was this place of like, it was, it was furniture design and you were very clear on what that meant. And yet something didn't feel a hundred percent like right. that was the direction you were meant to go.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it was actually very interesting when I finally, the day I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I don't live in North Carolina where they make all the furniture. And so I, I'm not going to go get a job in the furniture world. And I don't also don't have a home studio where I can build all this stuff, you know, and I was thinking, how am I going to do all that? You know, this is not really what um, is going to happen here. And so I, I left and I went to an open studio, actually at a community ed, you know, kind of thing, an open art painting studio. And there were these little ladies sitting at the desk doing their, landscapes. And I was standing at the easel with this big, huge blank canvas. And I'm like, painting it blue. (laughs) I'm just painting it blue. And I'm like, huh, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I went for a break and I came back. And when I stood back and looked at that canvas, I saw three people, three people standing in my canvas. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll paint them. And it became this first space of how do you follow your muse? How do you follow where you're really going? How do you really listen to what's in front of you? Follow those little signs that you set out there so you can see them. You know, what are the butterflies showing up in your world? What's flitting by so that you can notice it and then be inspired?
2: Yeah, I love that. And and we only get that when we step away. I think when we step away from like this, this pressure of like that we put on ourselves to get the job done, right? What's the job? What am I doing for a career? How am I paying the bills? And we get so focused on that. We do get disconnected from that, that connection. Um, And, and to step into anything, it can be anything outside of that that's playful and brings it brings so much um, space, I think, into our lives when we step into something creative. Um, and it can be anything. It doesn't have to be the thing um, or the final thing. As long as it's something that you're doing, it does really open, start to open up all kinds of doors um, in your mind, in your, in your body, um, so that you do take note of what's missing.
1: And I think that is the playfulness of any creative pursuit, you know, how should should we grab some dice, you know, I've always got dice sitting on my desk, like these big ones, like, let's throw the dice, right? It is this place of saying, let's be playful in this moment. And I love what you just said, Louise, that's just like this moment of saying, let's just follow the muse.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, recently I, if anybody's been listening, I did an improv class, so an improv workshop, uh, totally outside my comfort zone. I don't see myself as a comedian in any stretch of the imagination. And I had so much fun. And it brought so much transformation, not just to my life, but it, it brought to my clients too. The, the conversations that I started having started, they, they took on a whole other like level of like how do we how do we stop being so serious about what we're doing um, for a moment so that we can see those opportunities. Um and and yeah, it, it totally unexpected. Um and yet totally
1: needed. Well, that's presence. That's presence. Yeah. And really scary. I'm sure <laughs> I don't know if I could go do that. <laughs> I can't wait to do it again.
0: <laughs> well, that's what happens when we play, right? It's I, I think of when I was a kid, my, my favorite type of playing was all imaginative it was it was creating something out of nothing it was just it was just being present in the moment and and letting my imagination run wild and as an adult i noticed that when i'm when i'm with my clients when i'm creating something new a new program a new piece of content whatever it is when i allow myself to approach it from a place of play right from a place of what, what's going to go on when I roll the dice today? I find not only my joy factor goes up, but I find what I am creating in that moment, whether it's with another person or by myself, is exponentially better. It's, it fascinates me how when we allow ourselves to have, I guess, let the, our guard down. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. It's it's not. It's getting out of our brain
1: a little bit. Yeah. Well, and so does everyone want to play a game? (laughs) (laughs) Because we just talked about the dice and the here they are sitting on my desk and there's there's actually a very classic um, dice game for business people that takes a little bit of courage. And that is every you would write down six things, six things that maybe you want to get done or that have been you know that and and honestly you could do like to-do list things you know could be i need to write an email today i need you know like those things because sometimes we get overwhelmed with the volume of things that need to happen yet in one of those six i like to have one be a wild card means none of those things it's whatever would feed my my inner child right so one of them's a wild card And one of them is a huge stretch. Maybe it's like, write the book, right? I know a lot of people in their business world, like, oh, I'm supposed to write a book, right? (laughs) I'll get to that. I'll get to that sometime. And they don't. Or maybe they had an idea for a card deck or a game. Like, that's one of the epic ones. You know, what's the stretch one? You know, are you going to write in the next 15 minutes? Probably not. But if you got started, it would be extraordinary. And so the idea is to have, okay, so we have, write email. What's something else that they would need to do? What, what's on your to-do list, Louise, Kim? What's on there? What, what are things that need to be on the list?
2: Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I need to uh, write some content. Ooh, content, uh, yeah. Follow up with some clients. Uh, I need to cut my son's hair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's called holistic business ownership. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put it down, or it doesn't get done. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> and um, Kim, I'm just going to ask you: Is there something epic in your world that you know, like, is stepping forward that you know would be the thing? Like, what's the the stretch one? Like, what what would be a stretch thing that would land on your list?
0: Um, the stretch thing on my list. Okay. Seriously, this is Louise. I kid you not. This is what just came into my head is to contact Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) I don't know why, but to contact Ryan Reynolds. So he can be on our podcast. Yeah, I think, you know, and he's involved in so many businesses. Like he is a serial entrepreneur. I think his story is fascinating. And I'm pretty sure there's at least one of those businesses I could help him with.
1: Well, see, this is fascinating. So because actually that would be a stretch for a lot of people, I think, is either celebrity endorsement Mm -hmm. or um, even being more visible. Like what is the next level of visible that's showing up? So that can be a big stretch that says, "Okay, we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I have a list of six things that are on the list. The first one's write an email. Number two is write some content. Number three is follow up with a client. Um, number four is I, I put cut my son's hair, but that could be for for anyone who's watching, it could be like a, a personal thing, right? That kind of needs to get done. Like, did you need to get your nails done? You should probably should go, you know, like, that's it's calling, right? Number five is a wild card for your inner child. And number six is a stretch of visibility. In your case, Kim, Ryan Reynolds.
0: Mm-hmm. all right and my husband says to say hello to ryan so
1: i will honey I'll say well, beautiful yes and say hi i know it's and, good. and i will
0: ask him if i can introduce him to louise please
1: do for a one-on-one conversation Well, see there you there we go and and then you know we'll have some gin and tonics because you know, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
0: i'm pretty sure he would not say no to that <laughs>
1: Beautiful. Okay. I'm all in. All right. We're rolling the dice, rolling the dice, rolling the dice. Are you ready to actually do the thing that comes up? Yep. see, because if you're going to play the game, you actually have to do the thing. Otherwise, if you dismiss it, you didn't play the game. And all games, the only rule of the game is that you follow the rules. I'm and not- we made up the rule. So the rule is today that we're going to roll the dice and then you're going to do that thing. <laughs> I'm not a rule follower. Well, see, but this is your own personal rule, right? You okay. made the game. I'm gonna try. You want a different rule? Would you like different rules, Kim? No, 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 a- no, 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 I'm okay. I'm <laughs> okay. For the for the sake of this, I can I can try and follow the rules. <laughs> All right, here it goes. Rolling dice. Ooh, we got a number two. That is a content creation. So what kind of content are you inspired to make?
2: Louise? Oh, I love this question. I, I, based on even this conversation about play and bringing play into your everyday, I talk a lot to my clients about experimenting. Right, like that we put so much pressure on ourselves to get the thing right, to do the thing. um, Just do anything, literally anything. Um, And so, how can that anything be playful or joyful? Um, I think that's some content around that that feels really inspiring um, to help um, others. And then it's that's what I'm doing, too. Right. Is how do I be a little bit more playful uh, in that content creation as well? I love that.
1: Yeah. I'm really inspired to draw some hand drawn, like little graphics for my content because that always delights me first, you know, and, and when that's done, then I'm like, oh, I can write other things around that. Then I'm inspired to write stuff, but I can never just go straight to writing that never works for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, and I'm inspired to, um, write
0: some content based on, um, a conversation that I had with um, somebody in my group program earlier. Um, there was um, there there's a bit of it was is a pretty intense conversation and at the end um, I, I I try to sometimes uh, when we have these group meeting or group sessions I pull cards for everybody ahead of time and I don't I choose when to share them out and I we were so enmeshed in the conversation I never shared it out and I looked down and I saw the card for her and I hadn't looked at it before and I was like well look at that this is actually the perfect thing for you right now so we just talk about like that that the joy in being able to have these serendipitous moments so that's where i feel inspired to create some content around very nice
2: i like that i like the dice game i used to do a little jar game i don't know why i stopped but i used to put my to-do list in a jar um, and put it all little pieces of paper. And then I would just like, I, I don't know what to do, which is not true. I know exactly what to do, but I'd stick my hand in the jar and I'd pull it out. And that would be the thing that I would have to do. Um, and so it, it does make it a little bit more fun to approach these things, especially these heavy things that we feel like, Um, I don't know how to get started. I don't know, like, I know it's important, but uh, it's really scary. Um, When we can make it a little bit more fun, we take a lot of the pressure off of ourselves to do it perfectly right and go 110% in. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, And we're talking like little, little snippets, right? Like, Jean, I love what you said about, You know, if it's writing the book uh, and you roll the dice and that's the thing, it's like set a timer or whatever it is and just spend a little bit of time dreaming about what that looks like and taking some notes or whatever that is. Um, But now you're being more intentional through play on what that thing really is. We all know what we're scared of. uh, And that's the thing at the bottom of the list all the time. That's the scary thing.
0: Well, and imagine how far we can transform through this process, right? So we just came up with six things that that business owners can do. And one of them was this big stretch thing. One of them was just listen to your inner child, which that might be the scarier thing more than the stretch, quite frankly, for a lot of people, myself included many times. Um, And how can we transform our businesses, our careers, our lives by being a little bit more playful, whether it's a jar with all the things in it, right? I, I know we, um, at the beginning of COVID, we tried doing something like that and we made it playful for our family where it was all of the chores were in a jar and like, let's mix it up. So it's we're not always doing the same thing. Um, finding ways to play, to create those moments of transformation in our lives and in our businesses. 100% yeah
2: why why do you think play brings around such transformation that something else doesn't? What is it about play that transforms?
1: Well, you know, there was a researcher some time ago who um, tried to quantify actually that question, which i and I'm trying to think of her name right now. It's not popping in my head. Um, but she ultimately quantified it in saying if if a task takes like seven units of energy to be done, it can be done seven times faster if you do it with play. And so they, they set up an experiment where you, uh, they had someone okay, go do the task, right? Go just do the task. And then they set up a playful interaction around that. And they, they found the results happened seven times faster, which is one of those really busy businessy concepts of how do we increase our productivity? Well, you play, and yet business will not embrace it like this is this is one of the fascinating things mm-hmm. that you see some tech businesses absolutely jumping in you know this is when you go to silicon valley and there's everyone you know they have their game rooms and they have you know they you, they set up all the things that they want and yet it hasn't translated into any other industries
0: no because it's just it, it became generational Right. It's like, oh, those kids. and It's like those kids are in their 50s friends like <laughs> that doesn't work. I worked for one of those companies in Chicago. And I have to say at first I was like, well, this is just kind of fun. We just have a game room because I like to play. La la la. We had so many amazing and I was in database management. Like we were not in the fun part of the business but we were able to come up with so many creative solutions around that pinball machine or playing ping pong mm-hmm.
1: Just
0: being it's, it's that it's that somatic, right? Like we move out of just purely cognating over something, get our body involved in a different way or right, like the dice is even getting your body involved in a different way, allowing risk, allowing chance to, to come into play. And then I'll just, allowing it to process through differently. Yeah, I I wish more not just corporate America but other parts of
1: Well, I see it in entrepreneurs world. as well. You know, entrepreneurs feel so tied to getting their revenue and having things happen that they don't take time to play like they they can't see the value either even though they have complete control over their schedule and their day. <laughs> yeah, they don't do it at all. Like they're the worst. <laughs> And most shut down by it. I'm like, okay, well, let's go do something playful. And they're like, um, I don't know what to do. They, they honestly don't even know. And like you said, that's probably the more terrifying role. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I've used uh, Lego with a lot of my leadership clients too. It's like, just like go to the Lego store, get that random bucket that you can choose from the Lego wall um, or, you know, um, uh, steal from your kids Uh, They all have great Lego, too, um, and have something like that on your desk. And when you come up against a wall is literally literally take a break from trying to push through a problem. Uh, and build something, be creative for a moment, see what comes of it. And people come back with the most incredible stories of breakthroughs and how they now can creatively problem solve. And that's the thing. That's one of the like key things that that uh, leaders, leaders need, right? They want in their teams is to be able to creatively problem solve whatever team industry, uh, wherever you are. And yet, creative like we miss that word we miss it so much and it's like bring those games in have people have fun things on their desk so that they can actually be creative get out of your head like kim said use your body in a different way you're using your brain in a different way and you're accessing all kinds of stored information that you have there through play um, and it's Fascinating to see what something so simple and so easy uh, can bring around such amazing results. Um, yeah, it's it is fascinating.
1: Mm. And that makes me even think of you know like the, the some of the benefits then of having like a custom game for your business that that illustrates you you and what you do. It's that thing then that people, because it's playful, it's sitting on their desk. They they pull up and they're like, and someone's like, "Do you know a meditation teacher?" They're like, "Oh yeah, I have their deck on my desk." You know, call this person. They're they're literally sitting on your desk, saying, "How can I help you today?" <laughs> you know, whether it's a teaching deck or a a strategy, you know, game, a board game, or even like we've been talking about the chance, like spinners or or dice, like. All those things is kind of like the old fashioned magnet on the refrigerator, only way more engaging and way cooler. <laughs> so I would love to see how this works. So like Louise
0: really focuses on career pivoting, right? Pivoting point, pivoting point, pivoting point. Oh my God. That like, That's it's the, the name of my, of my head. There right. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Um, yeah. So really in that place of pivoting. So her, well, I'm going to let you speak. Tell about your clients. Who are your clients? What do you help them with?
2: Well, I help people really bring uh, clarity to what move is next in them. Folks get stuck. We get stuck in a role that doesn't fit or feel good. And you're like, what the heck am I doing here? Um, It's not fun. Right. Um, It doesn't bring me joy. I'm not engaged or plugged in. And to help people uh, figure out what that next move is um, and, uh, bring more, uh, bring more of that engagement and that energy, uh, work isn't meant to drain you of energy. It's meant to give you energy. It's meant to be right on some level, really rewarding and fun. Um, and so I, that's, that's my space. That's what I help people figure that out.
0: So how would you help her figure out how to create a game that Ooh. she could, and like, this doesn't have to be a fault, but right yeah, now, yeah, I, know. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I love this so much because of course, as soon as you're talking, like ideas start flowing into my field. I'm like, yes, we're in. And I love that you had this kind of synchronous, you know, the pivot point thing, which made me start to think of all kinds of games that are about balance or, or, mm-hmm. or a spinner. I buy these little spinners on Amazon and they, they you can just put them on anything. <laughs> and so the idea that then We create, um, when I work with clients, what we do is we go on a dream journey and it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but it's that space of like pulling out the Legos and we're gonna build a bunch of little structures and we're gonna create a game for the game. And when that's set up, then it will answer all our questions about what the game is about. So Louise, what we would do is we'd go around that, our circle and we'd say, okay, well, people, need movement. Okay. So I've heard, I've heard you say movement in all kinds of different ways. And so movement is really, really important to your game. And it's either going to be physical movement, like they have to get up and walk, or it's going to be the game moving where you're spinning something or you're throwing something or you're engaging in some way like that. Because pivoting so much has a visceral thing saying, I'm looking this way, I'm looking this way. I can't see anything else. And you're like, Oh, we'll just turn and look this way. And you're like, Oh, there are different things over there than there were right here. Yeah. <laughs> and so I totally see the kind of process that we do to create a game then inside of that, depending on how, how complex we wanted that game to be and what kind of teaching you actually wanted people to have. Some people have a game that is, purely for lead generation. And so the easiest kind of game that's lead generation is a deck, right? And so it becomes a teaching deck that helps people shift or pivot in a moment, right? So that would be the easiest kind of game that you would have for your business is a deck that helps people shift in the moment, like shuffle the cards, pull one out, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's what I was supposed to do today. And then they go off and do their thing. That kind of deck is a great lead generator. It sits on people's desks. They, they refer you, they remember you, they go on, they do their thing lead generation. Another kind of game is for like the heart of your business, which says we're going to really transform you while you play. And so it's got a little more pieces. It may have a deck in it, but it may also have a spinner and a, and a board that people need to traverse along, right? Because we have a process. We want them to go through the whole process. And so then we set up mechanics that have them go from here to here. And uh, a game mechanic will allow them to, to get a transformation inside of the game beyond just a, a kind of an aha in this moment mm-hmm. and then finally there are games that are about um, referrals or about teaching a different process or keeping people engaged inside of your business um, and those kind of games are kind of a hybrid of both of them depending on what the outcome is that's desired so i i hope i kind of answered your question <laughs> but I, I view game making as, as three rounds of a game that allows us to go around and say the first one's the creative piece, piece where we actually create the mechanics and we, and we do a brilliance test as someone plays it with you and says, you're brilliant, woohoo, we win. <laughs> so then you win that round of the game and then we go, okay, well, what's next? The next one is monetizing that and then testing the monetization. To see that this game actually has a marketplace application that fits with the goals of your company. So then we test it with that. And so we actually monetize it and sell out a round of the game so that you can get proof that this is a good business decision. And then finally, the last round is production, which says, How is this gonna go into production? How and how is this going in the world? Because how it goes in the world is unique to every single business. So with each round of the game, you get to customize your own game and make a game and play with your clients. And so that's, that's the game making (laughs) in a nutshell. Well,
0: and what I loved about that is as you were talking about kind of the, the gamifying for Louise is um, the transformation that happens within the game. Right. So as you were talking at the beginning, when you talked about kind of going to these retreats, and having um, these aha moments, and then nothing comes right. It's like you have that two week high that you have for afterwards, and then it's you know, it, we see this when we go to business conferences, when we go to other kinds of retreats. Yeah, you get after that two week high, and you're not really integrating it anymore. And so, here it is this game you've not just had the aha in the session, it's this oh. We saw that here where it was like, oh, we're all going to create content. Oh, OK. I guess I now have to actually speak into that versus just the oh, yeah, moment, which are wonderful, too. But I can see how that can write and how that goes back, Louise, how you were saying, why is it that play is so helpful with that creative process? Because it feels like it takes it to a different level within ourselves.
2: Yeah, it, it's the it's the implementation part. I think of play that really makes the difference, right? Because, like Jean said, right? Like you said, it's not just the aha. It's like, what do you do with the aha, mm-hmm. right? And and when you gamify it, and when you're when you're using play, now you're integrating it into your everyday, into in, in some way, and it only takes two or three times and then all of a sudden now that becomes a habit and you really have transformed. You're taking a, a nugget Uh, And you're, you're not just putting it in your pocket, you're actually taking it out again and looking at it again and using it again, Um, which is what Kim, you and I do all the time, right? We hope that people don't just take golden nuggets from our conversations or from our coaching, but it's actually like, like, do something with it. Please don't let it get dusty. Let's play. Absolutely.
0: Well, and, and it's it, my aha right here was, oh, that's why so many people have apps. Right. It's it's the electronic version of what you're really talking about. And to me, they're they serve different purposes, um, but it is a little of that gamification. Right. It's it's why every program has you track things. It's like, oh, I'm gamifying myself. Right. So. Louise, I love that you brought up the golden nuggets because look, it's that time for us to actually talk about golden nuggets. What what are we taking away and putting in our pockets
2: today that we are going to take out and look at again? Yeah, um, I love Jean's dice game. Uh, it reminded me of of how we can take those little things that feel um, heavy. Um, and bring some lightness into your day um, and have fun, not just with the game, but actually have fun with the task that I'm doing. And so uh, I do have to cut my son's hair later today. uh, And we're going to crank up some music and uh, do it outside, I think, today. And uh, we're going to have a good time. I imagined you saying you were going to roll the dice to see what it looks like. (laughs) We could, I, I could do that. I don't know that he would be
0: on board. Probably not. I have seen his hair, so probably not.
1: (laughs) Jean, what's a golden nugget for you from today's conversation? Well, you know, of course I rolled the dice, so I'm going to play the game, which means I will go do my drawings today. (laughs) And, but you reminded me something too, when we put those um, stretch ones on there is to make them actually kind of playful and, and, exciting like what is what is that stretch thing what how does it delight us like which is the stretch one we are putting on there so it, it's reminding me to put something that's kind of big and a little scary on there <laughs> yeah i mean why not put something that i mean to me that's
0: right like people always tell me they love my sign like do epic shit. yeah let's do let's do some epic stuff in the
1: world yeah because it's fun like, yeah, you brag it. about it later. You brag uh, about it then. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like, yes, there is a reason. Not me, but there is a reason why people love skydiving. Apparently, it's epic fun. Again, not me. Um, But pe- people do epic things all the time because it's fun. And so, like, to me, when you said, what's that wild card? I'm like, oh, yeah, that has, that stretch one has to be something fun. Has to be. Like, I don't, I don't want to do it. Um, My golden nugget is actually is that tangible part that's seven times faster mm. because I all I do talk to people about how 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 do you simplify this I, I talk a lot about how do you simplify this like where are you overthinking this where are you overcomplicating this and very often we get to that place of where they can simplify through play there's a, there's a little bit of game that goes in around that and. I, that seven times faster is so huge. Like I'm going to dig further into that. Cause that is is. I'll find
1: the quote for you. I'll send it to you. <laughs> perfect.
0: Thank you. Because that feel like I want, I want to bring that information into the world. Like let's, let's focus on that friends because we're so worried about being productive, but we're doing it in the wrong way. We're over complicating everything. When you're playing, it's fun
2: and you're getting shit done. Like, woo, let's do that. And, yeah, let's do that. Let's and call that. Ryan Reynolds, apparently. Yeah. All right. So if Ryan's publicist is listening, uh, just drop a note here in the chat and uh, we'll get right
1: on that. Yeah, make it easy. <laughs>
0: it really nice. It was just easy. Absolutely. Gene, <laughs> it has been just a joy having you here. Where in the world can people find you?
1: Well, that's actually pretty easy. Also, jeanberrypresents.com. I'm also um, on Instagram and Facebook, same, at jeanberrypresents, and um, pretty fun. to find.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Um, we have loved this conversation, and
2: next week we're going to have another kick-ass conversation, career conversation. Ah, with Sage, yes. And how do we actually build in time off? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very timely conversation, too, as uh, summer holidays and folks are trying to figure all of this out. Why do we have to wait for the summer? How come we can't do it all year long? What does that look like uh, in our business and in our careers as well? Yeah. Yeah. And her story is pretty phenomenal because she has set herself up to taking four
0: months off every year. So being able to build that time off, time in off and to do it in a way that feels aligned with ourselves also feels very playful. So I feel like it's a good follow-up to this conversation.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Jean, it was so lovely meeting you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Lovely. Jean, I can't
2: wait until our next conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Have a fantastic Friday and a great weekend.
1: Bye, everyone. Bye for now.